This is the podcast by The Straits Times. This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, the results of elections in the United States thus far show a country deeply divided. That is not unexpected. These divisions emerged years ago and were there for all to see. The meteoric rise of Donald Trump to the presidency rode on these divisions. We became more acutely aware of the ocean of red in the middle of the country and the blue states around it. Within the red states, there are divisions as well. Metropolitan areas are often islands of liberal blue. Just a few miles into the countryside from where I sit in DC and you find yourself in staunchly conservative red country. And more and more, it seems there is no actual dialogue between the two. Each occupies their own reality. Joe Biden just the other day said if he wins the presidency, he would unite the country. But even he said he was not naive enough to think it will be easy. A lot of people see this as, in fact, very dangerous for the United States. So to talk us through some of the forces at play here and what the results so far of this election are telling us, we're joined today by Professor Charles Zeldin, historian and professor of political science at Nova Southeastern Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale in Florida, and by Mallory Newall, who is a research director at the Global Market and Public Opinion Research Organization, Ipsos. Mallory is in DC. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us um, at this busy time. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you. May I start with you, Mallory? What is your take on the divisions within the United States? Some are using the phrase the disunited states of America. How concerned should one really be? Well, honestly, uh, what we're witnessing with the presidential election right now is is a perfect example of what's happening in this country. We're in a time period where we have you know, high levels of distrust in institutions, uh, incredibly deep political polarization, and high levels of uncertainty for the outcome of the election and what that's going to mean in the coming weeks. Compounding all of this is a once in a lifetime pandemic where it's ravaging all states, red and blue states. Yes, and uh, the pandemic has certainly fed into everything and sort of uh, changed the discourse completely. Uh, Professor Zeldin, what is your takeaway from what's going on in the, what, from what we see so far, the results of the election? Well, what we're seeing in the election is that elections in the United States often are very close. Uh, while the electoral college vote in the end may show a clear winner, when you look within the individual states, those wins may be less than 10,000 votes between the two candidates. Uh, we are a nation uh, in conflict with itself. But I would add, as a historian, this is often a very natural state for the United States to be in. We have gone through a number of periods of, of social, political, economic transformation that has seen the parties represent differing and opposing visions of the future. And ultimately, one of those visions becomes dominant and uh, things settle down after a while. But in the process, it can get quite contentious. But a lot of people are saying that this is this time is particularly unprecedented and, and particularly charged politically. Is that a risk, Professor? Well, uh compared to the 1850s no uh but then again the 1850s resulted in a civil war 
uh, compared to the conflicts that we saw in the 1960s, compared to the conflicts we saw uh, oh, as a result of the first peaceful transfer of power between parties in 1800. Uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty contentious and uh, there is always a risk of things falling apart when this happens. Uh, usually what ends up happening is that we start listening to each other, uh, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, history is based on contingency and we never know what the future is gonna be. Uh, and right now there's a lot of anger. You see that in the Latinos down here in Florida, who you talk to them and they are absolutely freaked at the idea that Biden is going to produce the sort of socialist hell that they left back home. Uh, and this was a, a message sold to them by the Republican Party. Uh, and that sort of fear-based response doesn't make for good dialogue in, in, until things settle down, perhaps after a year or two of a, of a successful Biden administration. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of room for compromise. Valerie, if you look at all the divisions within America, are you hopeful for the country or are you somewhat pessimistic, at least in, at least in the short, uh, short or medium term? Well, as a pollster, I, I want to turn an eye to the data and what we're seeing in our public opinion polling, setting aside the presidential election and the horse race numbers, what we know now is that the number one issue for Americans right now is the coronavirus pandemic. It sort of colors all facets of our lives, of our behavior, and who we trust to deal with it. And then second, I'll say that this is a period of uncertainty unlike any other. I mentioned that before, but we're at a really unique time where we're asking the American public, do they think that there will be a peaceful transition of power between now and the next presidential term in January? And our polling shows that fewer than half, so less than a majority of Americans, are confident that that will be the case. So we're about to enter into perhaps a new presidency. That's at least, though we don't have the final results at this point in time, that's at least looking to be the most likely case. At a time where there's you know, mass division, huge political polarization, increased tribalism, and that's really governing all of our beliefs and actions. And again, that's compounded by a global pandemic. Yes, in fact, I've seen polls which, which show that each, I, both sides think that the other is going to cheat to win the election and they just take it as a given. It's almost baked in. Is that right? Well, the integrity of our election is a concern for a majority of Americans. But the problem is, and this is a problem with a lot of issues these days, the opposing sides don't feel the same level of concern or the same concern about the same issues. What I mean by that is Democrats are concerned about election integrity from a standpoint of voter suppression and voter intimidation. Uh, foreign interference as well. Republicans, on the other hand, are concerned about mail-in ballot fraud and voter fraud. And you're seeing that messaging being communicated to the bases on each side and actually playing out as we speak by President Trump's speeches lately about declaring victory or claiming count the votes, don't count the votes. So 
there's certainly this, this level of messaging around uh, election integrity and what's at stake, but it's being communicated differently to each partisan side. Yes, it's very interesting. I found in my sort of expeditions into the countryside at rallies and whatnot, if I talk to Trump supporters, they have a completely different view. They, they, they don't put the coronavirus top of their list of concerns at all. Whereas the Democratic supporters do that. That's quite interesting. We have very, very um, different approaches to this. That's exactly right. But having a difference in opinion on the main issue is, is not new to this election cycle. Um, we saw it in 2018, for example, the midterm elections in which Democrats were able to regain control of the House of Representatives. In that election, uh, Republicans in our Reuters Ipsos polling said that immigration was their top concern, whereas Democrats said that it was healthcare. And so you have sort of this, this split narrative which is largely informed by uh, actors and leaders at the top, but also media and news consumption, where you get your news from. Somebody that's listening to say Fox News is going to have a very different reaction to current events than somebody who's getting their news from MSNBC. Charles, if I may get back to the issue of conflict, I mean, you did mention the civil war and there are actually groups out there who say they want another civil war. Now, Yes, they are in a minority, but should we be concerned? Well, if, if, if your concern is that you're going to have people dressing in blue and gray, shooting guns at each other, probably not very. But if, if, you, if you're thinking of it as a term of people being at conflict with each other, viewing the other side as literally un-American or a threat to the nation, then we have very good reason to be worried. Um, in, in Florida, for example, uh, those who were most concerned about the coronavirus voted for Biden. But those who were most concerned about the economy and, and getting things back to normal, they voted for, for Trump. So uh, it's literally looking at the same issue from opposite ends and seeing different problems, which needs different solutions. And what will happen is when you're not talking to each other in a way that, that, that communicates, but rather talking around each other or through each other, is after a while, you start yelling at each other. And when you yell at each other, that often results in punching each other or the equivalent in terms of actual violence. So while I don't think we're going to get to the point of consistent violence, um, this may be a, a, a violent period in American history uh, as each side fights for dominance in, for their worldview. Right. Mallory, um, quick word from you before we, uh, before we finish off. Um, uh, what do you think of the whole broad picture of these divisions and conflicts within America. When you look at the data, which way is it moving? Is it moving towards more problems, more divisions, more tribalism, or is it kind of stable? What, what does it tell you? Well, Ipsos has been measuring these overarching trends since actually the rise of Trump in 2015. And, you know, this is, this is not new. This is not the cause of 
Donald Trump. He is the byproduct of some of these larger undercurrents and larger changes in society. And so I think we will continue to see this increased tribalism in America. You know, I see it with issues. When you ask about issues in a poll, almost everything, the biggest difference is between Democrats and Republicans. Um, but as this country continues to change, as the demographics of the country continue to shift, you know, I think we are going to continue to see this increased polarization. Okay, and uh, Charles, just the last 30 seconds from you, an interesting point about demographics. A lot of people say, a lot of uh, analysts and, and, and scholars say that uh, what Trump represents is a sort of rear guard action against uh, this, the, all the demographic changes coming into the United States, which, we, which is evident from the data. Uh, do you concur with that? I concur that that is the case, but what this election has shown is that they're able to reach out to people who don't fit that model, who will accept that worldview. In particular, uh, Trump's success with the Cuban voters here in South Florida. Uh, these are people you would think would be opposed to the mostly white uh, perspective of, of the Trump side, of the Republicans, and yet they find themselves in agreement uh in what is the problem economics and what is the solution uh less government and uh, so while it it is a a demographic breakdown and it will continue to be so uh we have to be careful about assuming that everyone's going to everything's going to be in white and black there is going to be a shading in between the two parties and the parties are going to have to work very hard to uh keep or gain these groups in the middle. It seems very binary at the moment, though. It does seem very black and white, wherever or whomever. I, you know, when I watch cable TV and I watch all the channels because I need to know what's, what people are saying, it's, you know, socialism, you know, Venezuela, Cuba, ruinous socialism. And then you have, uh, you know, this sort of scare tactics, which we talked about earlier. So the understanding of these issues is somewhat... Uh, simplistic in the in the general public i mean i hate to say that but. it is it is simplistic uh because complexity is difficult and people uh want simple answers they want answers that give them good 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 easy to understand solutions to their worries and to their problems and in the case of trump he's basically saying trust in me and i'll fix everything in the case of biden he's saying Give me a chance and I'll pull the pieces back together. And, and in both cases, there's a, a simplicity to it that is, is enticing. Unfortunately, real answers usually are much more complex and much more difficult than that. Uh, there's a lot of work okay. that's going to need to be done to pull this country back together. Okay, Mallory Newall, Charles Selden, thank you so much for your time tonight. Really appreciate it. All the best. Thank Glad you. to be here. The world is watching with great and increasing concern as America struggles with its internal divisions. The current election might show the way out. We will just have to wait and see. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. 
You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.